the Todd Stansbury Podcast from RamblinWreck.com. This is the official podcast of Georgia Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury as he gives you an inside look at what's happening around Yellow Jacket Athletics. Now, alongside Tech Athletic Director Todd Stansbury, here's the voice of the Yellow Jackets, Andy Demetra. And welcome back. Glad to be back. It's been a while. Thanks for uh, tuning into the Toddcast, everyone. We owe you one, don't we, Todd? Yes, we do. It's been a bit of a busy and in some cases hectic winter slash spring for you. It has been, but uh, all is good on the flats. No doubt about it. We'll certainly get into that more uh, over the course of this podcast. If you're unfamiliar, this is our, well, we try to make it monthly. Sometimes circumstances intervene, but our, our regular uh, check-in with you in podcast form where we get the latest uh, check of the temperature of Georgia Tech Athletics and certainly open up the line of communication for Georgia Tech fans. If you want to interact with Todd on a future edition of the Toddcast, simply submit your questions to us on Twitter. He's at GT Todd Stansberry. I'm at Andy Demetri. You can also drop your question using the hashtag Toddcast. Like, listen, subscribe. You know all that good stuff. But we got a lot to talk about, so let's dive right into it. Um, my first question to you, Todd, is what are your recollections of your spring games at Tech? Because I'm guessing it doesn't bear much of a resemblance to what you saw last Friday at Bobby Dodd. Uh, most definitely not. Uh, that was uh, that wasn't a spring game. That was an event, and uh, incredible excitement. Obviously, literally turned up the volume on uh, what a traditional spring game uh, looks like, but. Um, I think uh, as far as for the recruits, our players, and our fans, it was just a, a phenomenal evening. 21,194, and I know that uh, Jeff Collins had uh, issued that challenge to break the spring game record and uh, certainly welded into existence. I don't think a lot of people know that is the third largest reported spring game crowd in the ACC this year. Only Clemson and Florida State had more. I think uh, it goes to show you, and, and similar, I think, to what happened um, when we opened up against Tennessee a couple of years ago, that um, that uh, the Yellow Jacket faithful will show up, and um, really, really proud of our our fan base, and and um, and, and really uh, excited for our kids to be able to play in such in, in front of such an enthusiastic crowd. Uh, I, one of the phrases you, you have used often both uh, on your podcast and elsewhere is elevating and enhancing the brand. And I think there is a very identifiable brand emerging with Coach Collins and his program, what he's done since you hired him December the 7th. What have been your thoughts uh, on the evolution of the Georgia Tech football brand since he took over? Well, you, you know, when I took over, I, I said we got to be relevant in Atlanta. And um, obviously with uh, uh the hiring of coach collins he's turned up the volume and the intensity on the whole idea of atlanta being our hometown and and us being relevant and um and so he he's got a platform and he is definitely maximizing that with the you know the 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 404 uh, area code and atl and um it, it's really uh it it's really gratifying to see uh, Georgia Tech and specifically Georgia Tech football uh, being talked about the way it is all across the city. He's kind of energized the brand, seems to have clicked with a lot of people, and uh, young, not only just the young Georgia Tech fans, but the older Georgia Tech fans who might not necessarily, on the surface, that stuff that he's doing might not resonate with them or their sensibilities. I think they're understanding the purpose behind it, and they're getting to 
slowly embrace it as well. Yeah, I think uh, the thing that people find out about Coach Collins is that um, everything he does is deliberate. There's a method to 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 the madness, and um, and and I'm meeting people um, from uh, you know my age group and above uh, that you know maybe six months ago didn't even know what Twitter was or had Hashtags. really had really no desire to be on Twitter that are not now on Twitter for the sole purpose to see what's going on with Georgia Tech football. Very cool. And I, you had to like the way he paid homage to Coach Johnson there on that first play from scrimmage and tipping his cap, showing respect to all the success that Paul had here with uh, lining up in the traditional base formation option and then motioning out to five wide empty backfield. Yeah, I thought that was really, really cool um, to, uh, to to line up in, in our uh, – you know what has been the the traditional double slot formation, and then um, and then uh, you know going to the shotgun, throwing to the tight end, first uh, completed pass to a tight end in over eleven years. So that was kind of cool. How about that? I think the only misfire in the spring game was that pass to Joe Hamilton was designed as a double pass to Calvin Johnson, but apparently the gold team defense didn't get the memo and they, they kind of tackled Joe before he could let it loose. Yeah, Joe got sacked. Uh, so, the, yeah, they obviously well, exactly weren't it. He caught the pass, so he didn't get sacked. <laughs> well, he just got tackled that, for a loss. That's true. Tackled for a loss. Um, uh, yeah, un, un, well, fortunately, uh, the uh, the defense weren't playing that game. <laughs> I think it was Qu- – I don't want to sell them up the river. I think it was Quez Jackson, Jordan Dominic. But, you know, they get, they've get they gotten preached since day one to rally to the football and play through the whistle. So whether they it was did. a Heisman Trophy runner-up or not, they had to do their job. Um, I, as we come out of the spring game, how is that excitement translated on the ticket sales front? Well, we're as, as far as new season ticket holders, we're, we're, we're 30% above where we were last year. And, of course, last year was a pretty good year for us. So – um, everything is trending in, in, uh, in the right direction. We're really, really excited. A lot of excitement. Um, our people that are uh, uh, downstairs in our ticket operations folk, our tip and ticket operations are, you know, on the phones constantly. And um, right now, is, there's not a better time right now to buy a season ticket because we've been through the, um, the uh, season ticket uh, renewal seat selection process. So uh, now we know um, if you call in what seats are available and, and there's some really good um, spots left in uh, Bobby Dodd. So uh, now's a good time to to uh, buy season tickets if you haven't already done so. I know season tickets, they started $219, which gets you reserved seats for all seven games. You got the Stinger Mobile Pass, which starts at $149. Uh, RamblinRack.com slash football tickets is the website to visit if you want more information. Because of the scene and the vibe from the spring game last Friday, to what degree might we see a similar atmosphere, a similar vibe from a game day experience standpoint this upcoming season have those conversations already started oh yeah in fact uh, a lot of the things that um uh, we were doing in the um in the spring game will carry over um I don't know that the music will be as loud uh, during the game that people uh, uh, witnessed in the spring game. However, that's the kind of energy that we're looking for um, and and being able to provide uh, our fans with just a great experience that cannot be duplicated on your sofa. 
you had people talking, and hopefully that's a good uh, reminder that you don't want to miss out come next fall. Well, not only that, the other thing is I think um, being able to pro- provide an environment that the students the, the students are engaged, excited about, want to be there. Uh, so the h- whole idea of making um, Georgia Tech football at home a real event. I know even some of our other coaches um, uh, – who um, either had practice that day or had um, had games uh, were hearing from their student athletes that they were going to shower up quick so they mm-hmm. could get to the spring spring game. So um, a lot of excitement on campus as well with our students. And at the spring game, you saw gold uniforms. Gold, gold on top, uniforms. Gold on the bottom. Yeah. I know they had to double some gold. Of the white and gold hardliners. But those were just made for the spring game, correct? Right. And uh, you know what, though? That's uh, one of the real advantages that we have now that we are with Adidas is that we can get um, uh, special uniforms made for special events. And, of course, um, um, going uh, white on white versus gold on gold in homage to um, um, white and gold. Uh, And and, um, our uh, primary colors was uh, something that we were able to do for the spring game. The Navy is not going anywhere, though. The Navy is not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, Todd, blue it will always be a talked-about color in the Georgia Tech's color scheme. Where do you stand on where the blue fits? Well, white and gold obviously are always going to be our primary colors, but blue's been associated with Georgia Tech since the 1800s. Um, in fact, uh, I was here in 1990 um, and was fortunate enough to be a, a, a part of that a part of that football team that won a national championship. And every single one of those guys has a blue frame jersey commemorating our win against Nebraska in the Citrus Bowl. So while white and gold always be primary colors for us. Um, blue will also be associated with Georgia Tech. Talking about the, the Adidas and some of the, the retail options for fans, I think the GTA continues to get this, and I think it comes from a good place because people want to dress out in, in the latest, greatest Adidas gear and represent the three-stripe brand. But two questions that we seem to get often from fans uh, for the Toddcast. Why isn't there more Georgia Tech Adidas apparel right now in the retail space? And why can't fans purchase something that they see maybe a coach or a student athlete wearing? Yeah, you got to remember that we're into the first 10 months of this um, uh, partnership. And typically, well, there's a couple of things. First, um, the retail division and the team gear division are two totally separate divisions uh, within Adidas. And they are independent of each other. And typically, um, in in the retail space, Ordering for retail and manufacturing for retail is done a year in advance. So really the focus this year was uh, for Adidas was to make sure that they could just get our gear ready for our teams. And of course, trying to get as much retail into the marketplace as they can is also important. But they didn't have that year runway that um, the retail market typically requires, both from uh, uh, the retailers uh, ordering and then the, the gear actually being available. So that's, um, that's the, the main reason that um, there isn't as much or there hasn't been as much gear available uh, just because um, the runway wasn't there because we're in the first year of the contract. Uh, but you're going to see more and more become available. 
because uh, quite frankly, uh, the way that Adidas is monetizing this partnership is through retail. So, so they're motivated to have they, stuff in the retail space. They are motivated to, to have stuff for sale because ultimately um, that's how they make their money. And, um, and that's why they're our partner. And so um, now getting a year into it um, and getting into a regular um, uh, retail cycle, you'll see more and more um, uh, of our uh, Georgia Tech um, gear available. You also hear fans saying, well, why can't I find Georgia Tech Adidas gear here or in this store or in that store? And uh, th- those are the decisions made by the retailers, yes. not Georgia Tech. It's nothing that you can influence. The only thing that influences whether a retail store stocks Georgia Tech Adidas merchandise is if they see the data as well and see Georgia Tech fans are buying it and there is a desire for it. Yeah, uh- Adidas retail is totally separate um, from the the our partner. Our partner is with um, with um, basically uh, uh, their their team division. But the way that um, basically they're using all kinds of analytics to determine what the market wants. Um, so our fans can influence what is available. And I think a great example of that is, um, the, uh, the throwback block T baseball caps. We're not, we're not scheduled to hit the market this year, but because there was such a demand and people were basically, um, asking for it, uh, Adidas was able to ramp up production and get those out into the marketplace. So if you're not seeing what you want, one is to make sure that the retailer knows that that's what you want because they're going to order what they can sell. And Adidas is also going to um, produce what the retailer wants that they can sell. So um, if you're not selling what you want in your local retailer, make sure that they know that you're interested in buying Georgia Tech gear uh, from Adidas. All right. And uh, wearing her new Adidas this upcoming season at Georgia Tech will be your new Head women's basketball coach, Nell Ford, she was introduced back on uh, April the 9th, first podcast we've had since uh, that announcement, and uh, certainly a, a lofty resume that she's bringing to the flats. Yeah, I mean, really, really excited about being able to get Coach Fortner. Um, been, uh, I, there's, there's not many uh, women's basketball coaches out there with the kind of resume that she has, and, and the fact that um, uh, to get her... Uh, Basically, get her out of retirement, and um, she had a great gig with ESPN and and was really only willing to to look at certain opportunities, and Georgia Tech was one that that she uh, was incredibly interested in. Uh, Of course, uh, she's uh, won a couple of conference championships in the Big Ten and the SEC, um, she's coached at the WNBA level. So, well, a lot of people, when they think about um, college athletics wanting to go pro, um, they're, they're thinking men's basketball and, and, um, and, and football in a lot of ways. But at, at Georgia Tech and at this level, all of our student athletes want to go pro, whether they're golfers or tennis uh, or, or play tennis or volleyball and women's basketball. And so having a coach that's um, coached at the WNBA and can basically recruit to the fact that she knows what it takes to get there uh, is going to be incredibly important. And of course, she's the most successful um, uh, U.S. national team coach um, 
that the United States has ever had with um, a number of gold medals, including the gold medal from the 2000 Sydney Olympics. Yeah, that's a nice little uh, recruiting tool that you can bring out when uh, when a prospect is on campus. Well, not only that, uh, you know, by by being able to sit back and and really um, watch and and pick the brains of the the greatest. Uh, coaches in women's basketball over the over the last um, few years as as a, uh, an ESPN lead commentator, it, it's almost like she's um, been able to get a PhD in uh, women's basketball coaching because um, she's seen everybody play. She's uh, been able to get to every practice, whether it's. Um, uh, Coach McGraw or, or, or Gino or, or her, you know, or her old um, colleague uh, from uh, Louisiana Tech. Uh, Kim Mulkey. Kim Mulkey. Uh, her pedigree is incredible. And, um, and, and so we're really, really excited to have her lead our program. Is that what helped alleviate any concerns you may have had that as decorated as she was, she hadn't been an active coach for, for a few years? Well, I think my biggest, uh, you know, the the thing, the question I needed uh, I needed answered is, um, why leave a cushy, cushy gig at ESPN to get back into the, you know, kind of the the intensity and the 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 the, um, the uh, grind of coaching, recruiting, and all those kinds of things, and and uh, so I, I mean, that was one of the first things I asked her was the why, and her answer to me was. Uh, because I want to make a difference. And um, I don't feel that uh, my job in the booth is making a difference, but I know as a coach you're making a difference in young women's lives every day. And then just her presence. Um, when you meet her, she, she is authentic. She is uh, somebody that, um, that can uh, relate to young people, and um, in fact, relate to anybody. But uh, she recruited me in about the first 10 minutes of the interview. So um, any reservations I had about her ha- having not been on the um, uh, not not being on the sideline for uh, a number of years were uh, evaporated rather quickly. Uh, concerns about attrition. I think that's now even more of uh, of a concern with any coaching change now that there is. The transfer portal and maybe more attention paid to people who put their names in there was that a concern? How have you seen that play out so far? I mean, yeah, that was definitely a concern because, um, uh, quite frankly, uh, we we have a good team, and um, and so uh, trying to keep that team together was was a, a primary concern, um, and wanting to get a coach that that would be able to do that. Um, and then with the transfer portal, of course, transferring, I think at last count, there was seven or 800 kids in the um, women's basketball transfer portal alone. And so that was definitely a concern. Um, and then when you're when you go through a transition like this, attrition is is uh, unfortunately normal. And it looks like um, while we did lose a couple of uh, student athletes and we we wish them well um, with their futures, but uh, uh, Coach Fortner has been able to solidify um, our team uh, as well as the recruits um, or the signees. 
And so um, it looks like uh, for the most part, we're going to have our our team intact. Very well. All right, let's move on to some of the sports that are in season. Uh, And how about baseball? Number eight nationally, seven consecutive ACC series win. They're tied for first in the Coastal Division. They have two more home weekends left and every game is going to count now because there is a possibility Danny and his team could be playing and not at home not just for the first weekend of an NCAA tournament but for the second weekend as well they could potentially be at home all the way into Omaha coming from Oregon State being here at Georgia Tech you know how valuable that can be yeah I know a little about how uh, getting Omaha and um you you got to be at home and so getting that regional obviously is is the first step on the on the road to Omaha but if we can get one of those national seeds and and also secure um, a super regional as well um, that really bodes well for us our team is is uh, playing with a lot of confidence um, and uh, exciting to watch they never count themselves out even if they're in the bottom of the ninth um, and uh, so, yeah, we a, a lot riding on the ne- on the next uh, few weeks, but uh, really, really exciting um, to um, to watch this team and what they've done with seven straight ACC series wins, uh, which is a school record. And we've had some pretty good teams in the past. Yeah. Uh, now we've talked about your your hockey career. We talked <laughs> about your football career. I, I don't think I've ever asked you if you, you ever played baseball growing up. Never. Really? Uh, the Braves didn't get to, um, or the Braves, uh, Blue, the Jays. Blue Jays didn't didn't get to uh, Toronto till I was already in high school. So the idea of uh, baseball in Canada was almost like a niche sport, as opposed to now there's Canadians playing baseball all over the place. But um, yeah, so I uh, I was hockey and lacrosse okay. um, growing up uh, for the most part, and then I. When, and then I included track in there. And then when I got to high school, that's when I started playing football. Just a, an Ontarian Jim Thorpe you were. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, and can't forget about softball either. Swept Syracuse over the weekend. Uh, need one win this weekend at Notre Dame to clinch a first-round bye for the ACC tournament. And they've already reached a milestone that they haven't accomplished in seven years. Eileen Morales is doing an incredible job. Um Again, another, uh, uh, a Georgia Tech alum, maybe one of the greatest players that has ever played uh, for Georgia Tech and, and has quickly turned that program around. I, I, I couldn't be more excited for that team and what she's doing and just a total culture shift. Uh, that's taken place in a real short period of time. Yeah, 30 wins already, first time they've done that since 2012. And how about golf? <laughs> ACC champion and with room to spare. Oh, 37 under par. That'll get it done. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, 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 was, I was just given the stat that um, uh, winning by 15 strokes was actually a larger gap. Uh, so there was a larger gap between us and the second place and second place Virginia than there was between Virginia and sixth place NC State. So that tells you um, that... Uh, that was a stomping. It sure was. And uh, golf, by the way, is going to learn where it'll play in the regionals tonight, this being Wednesday. Predetermined site, so um, some fans who might not be familiar with the, the, the postseason format of golf, men's or women's, 
predetermined site, so there's not an opportunity for Georgia Tech as, as high as it has been ranked to, to in theory, host anything. No, you're yeah. right. Um, we've got, I guess, there's uh, three sites here in the southeast, so um, hopefully uh, they'll, they'll be close to home, and that way um, those people that want to drive over will be able to watch them. Meanwhile, track and field, uh, they're at ACC Championships next week at Virginia. They broke a pair of school records over the weekend. Uh, Hannah Herndon in the women's 5,000, a record that has stood for 17 years. And then the 4x100-meter relay team, they broke a 32-year school record. So they got things zooming into the ACC Championships in Charlottesville. Yeah, and I mean, you think about that 4x1, 30, 32 years. Uh, we've had a lot of fast sprinters here over the years, Olympians and uh, um, so that tells you where this uh, program is and where it's headed. And I'm really, really excited about both those track programs. And all, all the success that we've uh, enumerated here in the Toddcast has led to this. Uh, the Learfield IMG College Directors' Cup, it was not a banner year for you guys last season in the Directors' Cup standings, but that is certainly bidding to change. Yeah, last year we had three teams that played uh, in, in NCAA postseason. Um uh, the coaches and I, uh, at the end of the year, kind of had a, a meeting where we talked about that that um, three teams in postseason wasn't good enough, and boy, have they responded. I mean, uh, we got seven teams are already in postseason, and it looks like we'll probably get another two or three uh, in before the end of the year. So um, this has definitely uh, been... Uh, one of our most successful years if you look across all sports. We would also be remiss if we didn't give out this number as well, 65, and that is the number of uh, Georgia Tech student-athletes who are set to graduate this weekend, so congratulations to them. Yep, 65 graduates, six of those receiving master's degrees. How about that? That's not bad. That's not easy to do. Uh, and you got Jackets Without Borders uh, coming back, and, and they – earned a, an award or an acknowledgement from the ACC recently. Yep, they just won uh, what they call the ACC Game Changers Award for the best service project in the ACC. Um, they received that for their work in Puerto Rico last year after um, Hurricane Maria. And um, after graduation, 20 of our student-athletes head back there, uh, head back to Puerto Rico um, to help uh, continue the work they started last year in, in um helping uh, residents uh, rebuild their homes. You had your State of the Athletic Department address here recently. You touched out of them, but uh, obviously we want to cover it as well. In the Todd Cassie 2020, how is that going, and, and what's the next benchmark for you guys? Okay, well, uh, we're, I think, about $85 million on our way to the total $125. Um, of course, the, the project that, uh, in my mind, is, is, is the anchor to um, the success uh, for the whole program because it touches all student athletes, all coaches, is a new edge building. Uh, that's a $70 million project. We're, we're north of 40, so now we're, you know, we got 30 to go. Uh, this will be the, heart, the, the, the heavy lift, uh, so it's all hands on deck uh, because um, basically we've got to. We've got to find those um, alums that, that, that are passionate about athletics, that have the wherewithal to help us, uh, because at the end of the day, uh, the edge building is the linchpin to success. Um, I was here when we opened the edge in 1981, and it was a game changer, because prior to that, we were in uh, an old armory, 
And people forget that uh, 10 years later, we had won a national championship in football. We had been to the Final Four in basketball. College World Series was around the corner. Um, and uh, uh, David Duvall and Stuart Sink were golfing here. And I see um, uh, the new edge um, having the same kind of effect as giving our student athletes and coaches um, what they need first to recruit. Um, and then once we have these recruits and they become signees, how do we build a better student athlete? And that's through uh, better training, innovation, technology, all the things that I think um, uh, is in Georgia Tech's DNA. And if we can recruit and we can produce a better student athlete once we have them, uh, then that's going to lead to wins. As we sit here May 2019, are you tracking – financially where you want to be right now? Well, I think without that we definitely got out of the blocks fast and have a, had a great, um, uh, you know, probably 14, 15 months. Um, but I'm also, uh, I just know that the back end is always a little bit tougher than the front end because you kind of know who kind of the big pockets are mm -hmm. that, that are going to support something like this. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rest easy <laughs> until I cross the finish line, and I would say right now we're probably on the 15, and we got to punch it in. All right, 15 yard. Are we on first down, second down. Where are we on the 15? I would say we got a first down. So okay. we're we're in good shape. Um, but the quicker that I can get there, the quicker I can get a shovel in the ground. Wouldn't and, that be nice? Um, yeah. And, and for the baseball fans out there, uh, we have the funding for phase two of, um, of our uh, baseball uh, stadium, uh, Russ Chandler. And um, we, it's been uh, approved by the Board of Regents. So now we're basically putting the funding package together. And uh, so that uh, that box has been checked, and that's going to be an exciting project for what we're looking at right now, uh, one of the top teams in the country. I was going to say a lot of excitement surrounding baseball right now. We've talked so much about uh, postseason success. I'm sorry that the Maple Leafs couldn't be part uh, of that conversation. Painful. Painful. I know. I had to go there, didn't I? Huh? Yes, you did. All right. Like, listen, subscribe. You know where to find us uh, on iTunes. You can also find us in the Google Play Market for a future Toddcast. If you want to submit your question, tweet us using the hashtag Toddcast. And Tom, we'll do this again. Thank you. Appreciate us being able to corral you now. It's been uh, quite <laughs> yeah. a spring, quite a winter for you as well, but we always appreciate the time. He's Todd Stansbury. I'm Andy Demetra. Thanks so much for listening to the Toddcast. We'll talk to you again soon, everybody. Go Jackets. The Todd Stansbury Podcast is a presentation of RamblinWreck.com. Go Jackets. Go Jackets.